well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast, starring Jay from the Sexy Armpit and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. Welcome to 2019, Matt. It's great to be here, Jay. <laughs> I like how I'm the one welcoming you to the year as if it's mine. It's your official role. <laughs> the welcomer. Yeah. Any thoughts or aspirations on the year? Any resolutions? Resolutions for 2019. Um, the biggest one is to stop eating like I'm a depressed horse. <laughs> So you've been snacking a lot? Well, no, because it's now in January. I've been good all through January. New Year's uh-huh. Eve was my last hurrah. I am all water and celery from this point forth. Oh, man. My condolences. I'm going to be no fun for the rest of the year, Jay, just to warn you. Yeah, so it's a new year on the Purple Stuff podcast. Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking, you know, how are we going to kick off this year on the show? Lots of ideas came to us. And the first thing that I thought of in my head was you have a couple of guys who like to talk about old stuff. Yeah. So what if we were to talk about new stuff that's actually old? Old, new stuff. New, old stuff. Which one would it be? Is it old, new stuff? Or no, it's new, old stuff. New, old stuff. Exactly. Yeah. New, old stuff on purple stuff. Yeah, it's a little convoluted, but I think everybody gets that's, our point. that. I'm telling you, that's going to be the, the podcast episode title that takes us to the next level. It's lighting our stuff on fire here. Yeah, I, this is going to get passed around. Every, oh, new old stuff. <laughs> Auto share. <laughs> next thing you know, we're going to be doing the show live from Radio City Music Hall. Oh, my God. Just like they used to do the Hollywood Squares there. You remember that? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Stop the press. Yeah. Shadow Stevens, then Jay and Matt. Circle gets a square. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so what do we mean exactly by new old stuff? This is going to be a show all about things that have new in the title, basically. And that could be misconstrued because there's some rules to this. And I don't mean New York City or yes. New Mexico or... Yeah. Locations cannot be included. Right. Because then we just have five Jersey things from you. And I don't mean news either. So nothing with news. like mm-hmm. Yeah. New meaning fresh. Exactly. So who wants to go first for the new old stuff episode? Uh, I guess I'll go first. All right, good. Because it's a new year. I'm turning over a new leaf. Yeah, and same old me doesn't want to go first. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Number one. You know, I come in here and act decent and you don't, you turn me down. Well, I don't fucking believe that. You're crazy. Crazy? You want crazy? Well, I'll show you crazy. All right, for my first entry, we're going back to 1985. 1985, huh? A little movie by the director of Friday the 13th, Sean S. Cunningham, called The New Kids. So I had never even heard of this movie until you said you were going to bring it up tonight. Right. I'm in love. Like, where has this been hiding all of my life? I have to commend you because you actually watched the movie, or so you say. That was another one of my resolutions. I'm not just going to sit here saying, uh-huh, that's a, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm. When you said you were actually watching I'm like, is he just saying he watched it? No, I, I, I rented it, I believe, on uh, Amazon Prime had it, paid three ninety nine for this fucker. 
Do you think I should go so far as to fact check to see if it's actually on Amazon Prime? Listen, you could quiz me on this movie. There, ain't, I I know every aspect of the new kids now. I it's my new obsession. <laughs> I'm gonna look. I need to see if it's actually on Amazon Prime. What I'm wondering, because I don't know if I've ever even heard of this movie seriously. Like, yeah. is it very obscure? You're right. It is on Prime. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yes, it is pretty obscure, but to horror fans and fans of these types of movies, it's, it's pretty well known, especially with the director of Friday the 13th. Also, the writer of the movie is the father of Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal. I don't see how that's pertinent to the discussion, but it's a fun trivia bit nonetheless. Well, as I'm saying, if you have these mega fans of Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal, oh, they man. might be like, I'm I'm such a fan that <laughs> I'm going to branch yeah, out. That's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> like, I need a to blood do- relation of Jake and Maggie. I need to see every movie Stephen Gyllenhaal yeah. has done. <laughs> now they're splitting their time between listening to us and pulling up Amazon Prime. So The New Kids is about a brother and sister. I'm going to take this from IMDb. Mm-hmm. A brother and sister arrive in a small town to help their relatives run an amusement park, and they find the town is terrorized by a local street gang. So that doesn't really quite capture the brilliance that is James Spader as the villain. He was all in. Apparently, like everyone involved thought, I mean, I don't think they were wrong. This could have been a pretty big movie if the stars aligned a little differently. It totally builds his reputation in the 80s of being the biggest asshole. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think of all of his asshole roles, this is the assholiest. It is the assholiest. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. He's also like a minimalist villain because when I was watching this, I'm like, he doesn't have to do anything. He just stand around like leaning up against the wall and you just want to punch him in the face. Here's the thing about James Spader's character in this movie. He's like a fucking street gang punk, right? But he's basically playing the same character he played in Pretty in Pink. Mm-hmm. But he's just pretending that he's like this derelict street punk. Yeah, because he's hanging out with all these dudes that are like, you know, the hills have eyes. Right, exactly. Like, they're border, like, they're not mutants, but they're real close. Yeah. Like, they're acting, like, completely subhuman. If they had a bigger budget. (laughs) Right. (laughs) For some makeup. Yeah, he pulls a lot of despicable stuff. And the good guys that you're on the side of, it's uh, Lori Loughlin and uh, this other dude who's her brother. And I say uh, Lori from Full House. Everyone knows her from Full House. Yeah, yes. Uncle Jesse's wife, Aunt Becky, was her name, right? Yes. Yes, yes. I was a big fan of Aunt Becky. Actually didn't know at the time that she had a film career under her belt by that point. Yeah, I mean, I actually knew her from Back to the Beach. So that God, was... I've seen Back to the Beach, but it's been a long time. I'll have to go back and check now. Yeah, one of my favorites. So mm. their dad is Tom Atkins, who you know from Halloween 3. What a surprise when I pulled up the new kids, in which Tom Atkins, I don't believe, is really a top-billed star. And out comes Tom Atkins, like, in the first five seconds. And out pretty quick, too. (laughs) And then five seconds later, he was done. So... The brother and sister get terrorized by this gang who's led by James Spader, and they're really rotten guys. Basically, the plot is that they're trying to, like, assault Laurie's character. Right. And, like, the entire plot of the movie is that, which is really dark. You would not make this movie today. Very dark, yeah. And the cool part about it that kind of fits into our wheelhouse is that the place that they live in is basically this rundown amusement park. Oh, so good. Another yeah. unexpected little extra spice for the new kids when I put this on. What the fuck? They're in a fucking amusement park? You gotta be kidding me. Yeah, and a Santa Claus fun park, to say the least, in Florida, in hot Florida. I was so pissed when I saw that because I'm like, oh, this would we could have built a whole show around this in December. <laughs> but there's a couple little things that really make this movie to me. And one of them, I know you would appreciate even more than me, is there's a scene at school where just a passerby, basically a person they paid 20 bucks to be an extra, she's walking by with a folder in her hand, and it's a Garfield folder. Oh, my God. You know, I missed the Garfield (laughs) folder, but I think my rental period is still ongoing, so... (laughs) 
Yeah, I think it's like 23 or 25 minutes in, and she, there she goes, darting across the screen. It was like almost like the Garfield it should have got a credit in the film. It was so blatant that it was, I can't it believe it. It was total like product placement situation. Somebody got paid for that. Interesting that the makers of Garfield would <laughs> invest in this movie about James Spader <laughs> trying to kill Laurie from Full House. <laughs> So, very satisfying ending, and if you really did see it, you know what I'm talking about, how the enemy is taken care of. Oh, yeah, and look, I don't think you need to avoid spoilers here, Jay. Yeah. That last act is, it kind of takes this movie from being kind of a measured thriller into mm -hmm. a total slasher film. Total, and and I'm a pyromaniac, so the ending for me was just right up my alley. Oh, God. Some guy gets electrocuted by the bumper cars. Mm -hmm. Another guy gets his head ripped <laughs> off by a roller coaster. And then what happens to James Spader, Jay? <laughs> he, <laughs> he gets torched by a gasoline hose. Right. It, 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 he had, so James Spader's character had fashioned a like fucking blowtorch out of like blow. a gasoline yeah. pump. Yeah. And he got it turned on his face and they show in full detail. <laughs> his Spader's face on just fire. on fire. Yeah. This fake James Spader head just burning away. I actually do feel bad that we said that, though, because if people haven't seen it and they want to go watch it now, we told them the whole movie. Okay, listen, I'm going to tell you the truth here. Before I rented it on Prime, I went to just go read the plot on Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I could get by just reading the plot. Get to the last line. And it's about James Spader fucking head going on up in flames. I'm like, oh, fuck. And I go right to Amazon. I start watching it right then. But see, you're like one of those people, like, tell me the entire thing, and then I'll decide if I want to see it. You know, you don't care about surprises. I'm just saying, the, the I don't think spoiling it's a bad thing, because it's knowing that James Spader's head's going to go on fire is kind of a reason <laughs> it wasn't to watch just his it. Head. His entire body was up in flames. Right, but I mean, there's a, like an extreme close-up on the head, which is just like one perfect shot. It totally was. So, you see the poster for this movie? Um, hold on one second. If you see, yeah, if you look up the poster, they have these these guys in masks in the background, and it kind of reminds me of Happy Death Day. Oh wow! I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't recall not, those. Yeah, I don't recall them at all. <laughs> yeah, this this is such a like a fake. It's like total false advertising. Yeah, it's like you, you totally think it's a different sort of movie. Yeah, but like, don't they remind you of, of like Happy Death Day a little Absolutely. bit? Absolutely. It's very yeah. happy. It's like the mask from Happy Death Day mixed with Slappy from Goosebumps. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And your impression looking at this poster is that Aunt Becky and the other person are going to fight this army of creepy puppets <laughs> with sticks. <laughs> I totally want to see that. <laughs> yeah, it's, God. The new kids, too. Now <laughs> <laughs> you see you push me. You push me too far. Son of a bitch. You know pit bulls? This dog would like to rip your fucking heart out, Charlie. Take a bloody thing and chew it to the bone. Number two. Is this a private party or can any store crash? So new Coke is catching on. The taste is better and newer than that. that, that, that. <laughs> you said the P word. <laughs> so what I want to know is if you're drinking Coke, who's drinking Pepsi? If you can't beat it, catch the wave. Coke. <laughs> so Jay, you know how much I love soda trivia, right? Totally, man. I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. My first pick is New Coke. Awesome. Yes, this is the story of a big famous soda failure. Back in 85, they decided to change the formula of Coca-Cola to make it taste a little more like Pepsi, which was kind of nuts. Well, at the time, Pepsi was kind of taking over in a way. I mean, yes, they were winning. They had more sales. But to just throw 100 years worth of tradition down the drain for mm. a quick win, I don't know, a little crazy. Right. They roll it out. You've got these TV commercials with Max Headroom and Bill Cosby. You've got new Coke in every McDonald's. They went like completely all in on it. And of course, like 
almost immediately people were like, uh, no. <laughs> what happened to Coca-Cola? That's my jam. What happened to it? A lot of people were so loud about wanting the original back that just in three months, they brought it back as Coca-Cola Classic. Yes, this is like an unprecedented thing, and it still gets talked about today. I know you're saying it was kind of a giant mistake, but it was also a blessing in disguise. Oh, it absolutely was. Like, it, it starts off as this just series of follies, and then it ends up working in their favor because New Coke didn't really work out so well, but Coca-Cola Classic got everyone excited again, and then it ended up winning. A lot of the youth was kind of getting into Pepsi, so they were losing that aspect of the customers, so they wanted to win them back. I gotta be honest, I've never been a Pepsi guy. I've never understood Team Pepsi. I was never a Pepsi person either. I was always a Coke person. Yeah. So the interesting thing is that when they brought the original Coke back as Coca-Cola Classic, New Coke stayed around for a good long while. Mm -hmm. So you had Coke and Coca-Cola Classic like right next to each other in the grocery store, which was mind-blowing to me as a kid. I didn't understand really what was going on. Right. It was hard to figure out why there was two. Yeah, I don't like I was not um, sophisticated enough to discern any difference in flavor between the two. So I just thought like. Right. Because it was all cola. Like even if you got store brand, it all yeah, tastes I mean, like in your house, you would have everything from slice to RC cola. It was like after a while, the things just sort of blend together. Yeah. Yeah. So it lasted for a while and then they ended up changing it to Coke 2. Right. Yeah. Which I don't think you or I even knew existed until. Well, after it was gone, basically. Oh, no, we used to get Coke, too. Really? Yeah, we, yes. We didn't we get, Coke get Coke, too, here. Too. I never yeah. I, I never knew it existed until it was in Chicago in, like, year 2000. Yeah, and then they discontinued Coke, too, in 02. Yes, it's finally done. I don't remember it lasting that long at all. I can attest to it lasting that long, because, like I said, I didn't even know it existed until it was in Chicago, and this was either 2000 or 2001. Yeah. It was like sort of like a house party. We went to a grocery store and right there, these 12 packs of Coke too. And I'm like, to my friend who owned the house there, what the hell is this? It doesn't feel that long ago. You're like, it was still out then? I wish it was still out. I just love, I mean, ugh, there's nothing that is more me than a yeah. soda having like a sequel that is marked by a number, a Roman numeral. Coke, Roman numeral two is like the greatest <laughs> thing in the world to me. I don't care what's in the bottle. I don't care if it's water or just air. Coke Roman numeral two is fucking amazing. <laughs> the Roman numeral two. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's the Roman numerals that win you over when it comes to soft drinks. Uh, Roman numerals or even just regular numbers. I mean, the point is for a soda to have a sequel. That is just mind blowing. <laughs> Get your first taste now at McDonald's. Your first taste now at McDonald's. Number three. Scooby Scooby Doo, looking for you. Scooby Scooby Doo, where are you? All the stars are here, waiting for you. Couldn't have a show without you. Scooby, Scooby Doo, Scooby. <laughs> so for my next entry matt this is the new scooby-doo movies you familiar with this show well i looked it up i didn't realize that all of these celebrity appearances were kind of localized to this one spin-off show yeah so when i say new scooby-doo movies it sounds like I'm saying, oh, did you hear about the new Scooby-Doo movie? No, no, no. The actual show's name was the new Scooby-Doo movies. That name's kind of clunky, let's be honest. Yeah, it's a little much, yeah. but it does describe what it's supposed to be. And each episode, rather than being like a half-hour episode, it was a long episode where it felt like a movie, and each episode had a guest star that was basically a celebrity or of like an actual person and that's what made it real meta for the time this was 1972 
it was almost like it was trying to fit in with the variety shows of the era. It was that sort mm. of vibe. You would get these random celebrity guests, the same ones that you would have seen on those live action variety shows. It almost made the show feel like, well, wait, I'm watching a cartoon that's fake uh, and fictional, but yet Phyllis Diller is on the show and they're acting like she's actually Phyllis Diller, not some random character. It raised the, uh, the fucking good guys what are, what are they called the green van people oh the the mystery incorporated yeah those those that team it raised them up because if they're associating with real life phyllis diller that's what i'm saying yeah i'm with you the adams family showed up uh harlem globetrotters batman and robin don knotts don knotts yeah mm-hmm. i think so don knotts is close enough for me to get an old stanley from you oh stanley <laughs> 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 I mean, we weren't talking about the Ropers, so, you know, only when we talk about the Ropers. He was in the family. He was sort of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you digress. I digress, yes. I originally saw these episodes in reruns when I was a kid, but they felt really important because you're like, oh, man, Sonny and Cher's in this episode. Or like, And I was a little kid. I didn't know or care about half these people, but that made me care about them. Right. I was. I did see these as a kid though i didn't realize that they weren't just regular scooby-doo episodes they all kind of just blended together for me but i definitely remember being like who are some of these people right and then they yeah, bring out don Knotts, and they'd be like aha they are yeah. getting the stars yes. <laughs> don't anybody move i got you coming take it easy don it's just us someone was here and sent us a threatening horseshoe oh, I, I know all about that I, I just wanted to see if you kids were on your toes. In a lot of ways, it was probably some of my first exposure to some of these people. Oh, absolutely. As, I mean, as animated like, Most of them, I would think, except Batman. I and mean, pretty much every guest except Batman. Don Knotts, though. I watched Three's Company as a oh, kid. And my Don mom, Knotts got yeah. a pass, of course. My and, mom and Phil hated Stiller, that. Phil Stiller, you were also a big fan of. Yeah, you asked for the Phil Stiller trike for Christmas when you were three. <laughs> <laughs> and when I walked into the house, some impetuous fool grabbed me. I swooned as a lady should. Then I woke up when the clock struck the quarter hour. On my head! <laughs> oh, wow. So this show started a trend which has continued even until now, Matt. So let me describe to you what that show has spawned way into the future, which is now. Okay, we got Brodus Clay, Gold Dust. Simple Plan, Katy Perry, Bobby Flay, Gary Coleman, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, and Kiss have all eventually starred on Scooby-Doo. Now, it had nothing to do with the Scooby-Doo movies, but that was what the impact of that show had. On right. It set the precedent for there being celebrities involved in Scooby's universe. Yes. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot, okay? okay. Mm -hmm. If Scooby-Doo was to have a new version of these Scooby-Doo movies, I think you and I should think of a few perfect guest stars. Okay. Hmm. Who would be a good... A good celebrity guest for the today's new Scooby-Doo movie? Yeah. Oh, boy. Damn, that is a tough, tough question. It is tough. I guess it would probably have to be somebody who is popular now. Well, popular without being too popular. Can't be an A-lister. Yeah. It can't be an A-lister. You don't think? No. Would they do Scooby Doo? Oh, it would have it would have to be like Andy Dick. <laughs> no, not Andy Dick exactly. Oh, James Spader. James Spader. Yep. And Candace Cameron. James Spader and Candace Cameron Bure. <laughs> I think are the obvious picks. <laughs> 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 now it's streaming on Amazon Prime. We don't have any Scooby snacks, but how about some bat snacks as a reward? Number four. Jason has been reborn. Pete, no! 
Part 5, A New Beginning. Rated R. Starts Friday at the Lions Avenue and East Sprague Cinemas. My second pick is Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. Ooh, good one. You hear that, Jay? The movie's subtitle has the word new in it. Of course. Well, it has to. That's uh-huh. the total, whole point of yeah, the show. Totally yeah. safe to cover. If it was a nude beginning, I wouldn't allow you. Well, if I recall correctly, it may have been. <laughs> so much like New Coke, this movie came out in 1985. And I guess it's fair to say that most people would put it on the list of bad Friday the 13th movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's an understatement yeah i mean i think it's even fair to say that some people would call it the worst of them yeah but i don't think so i'm with you i don't hate the movie at all no i mean i think if you're just going about it artistically you can make the argument but yeah. in terms of sheer entertainment value this one's pretty high on my list i would agree there's a lot to be entertained by Yeah, so the situation here is that Jason Voorhees had definitively died in part four, and they didn't want to, like, take it right back in the next movie, so they have this guy who goes crazy after his son dies, dressing like Jason, Mm -hmm. and you don't find that out until, like, the last minute of the movie, so they basically just had their cake and ate it, too. And it was intended to set up a whole new series of films, which is why. Did you say new? (laughs) Yeah, I did. (laughs) Which is why they called it A New Beginning. It's true. Uh, That didn't quite pan out. I love, I mean, the lead actor in this movie, I forget his name. There's the famous story about how he didn't realize that it was going to have such a, I don't know, kind of goofy tone. Yeah. So he's total like method actor and he's going through it so seriously. And it just adds such a great dimension because this movie is like a fucking clown show. And then you have the lead star playing it so straight, like Christian Bale level intensity. I love that, though. And I think that was part of the charm of a movie like this and, and a lot of the other ones from the 80s. Because a lot of these actors, whether they knew it or not, they were like pouring their hearts into this. Right, absolutely. Because like for them, this obviously wasn't where they wanted to stay. So this is like sort of their jumping off point. And they're hoping to get noticed by their performance, even in a movie that's, you know, like this. Yeah, like this. Yeah. Like where the actresses always trash it and say what a terrible experience it was. Well, some of them did, especially uh, on this particular movie. Um, I don't know the whole story well enough to go into it here, but I know in terms of the production, this one was kind of messy. A little bit, yeah. 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 But it's one of those things where everything that went wrong kind of adds to the film. Even though they did a lot to make it into kind of a new thing that was trying to be an offshoot of these other films, it did feel like a Friday the 13th film. It had that same vibe. It did, but it almost felt like a like a regressed vibe. Like, it's it's sleazier somehow, and it's more low-rent. <laughs> it really Like, is. it actually feels like lower budget than, like, part two, maybe. I have to agree, yeah. yeah. I and I, agree I guess that. that does happen sometimes with sequels, but it just feels weird when you see it in sequence. Like, it's like, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> the movie is just it's like it's just a dark and greasy movie there's a lot to talk about in it though yeah oh god yeah i mean i think we have to at least talk about the famous scene where fake jason kills the guy who's shitting in an outhouse <laughs> that would be your number one thing to talk about jay from any friday the 13th movie maybe from any movie period This is the greatest scene. That's your scene. Yeah, so you got this guy named Demon who's doing sort of like a Michael Jackson shtick. Yeah. And he's out there in this gross outhouse, and he's shitting. And while he's shitting, he's singing a (laughs) duet with his girlfriend who's standing just outside the outhouse. Ooh, baby, ooh, baby, ooh, baby, ooh, baby, ooh, baby. And it goes on for like a minute, and you're like, this... This is just the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and yet you can't look away. It's a total mindfuck. And it's like, this is even before Jason shows up and kills them. To me, it's brilliant. Because it you're brilliant. like, you know, you're thinking like, you're rooting for Jason. at the, When is Jason going to come and off these people? Yeah, because like, it's, it's actually a very effective scene because 
there's this guy with his pants down and he's shitting out those damn enchiladas. <laughs> and it's like the worst moment for Jason to come. And of course, that's what he's going to do. That's why everybody roots for Jason because he, he does everyone a service so you don't have to watch this garbage. Yeah, anymore. yeah. I mean, if it was just a duet, I would say that's pretty cute, but you can't be singing with your girlfriend when you're shitting. Not especially not in an outhouse. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Like it's yeah. not like you know they're they're a fresh couple. They've been together what maybe six months. They're not at this point in the relationship. No. Especially if there's no toilet paper in oh, that outhouse. God, there definitely wasn't. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know what? Like if it was me, I'd be like, thank God, fucking someone just killed me with a big pole right now. <laughs> so you know, I am not an autograph hound by any stretch. Right. But I actually got that guy's autograph at Monster Mania once. Oh, and did you make him draw the outhouse? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> he was, uh, how could I put it, just not very interested in, in extending the relationship between me and him any further than it needed to go. But his 8x10 was a picture of him on the fucking toilet with the pole sticking out of his chest. <laughs> so <laughs> so like. He's clearly proud of that moment. Yeah, Miguel, Miguel Nunez Jr., I yeah. think is his name. And oh, he's okay. been in a couple of movies. He still acts. So he's got, you know, a hundred different 8x10s on his table. And some of them are these nice sort of studio poses. And I'm like, nope, this one. Where yep. he's got his like mouth hanging open and he's on the fucking <laughs> toilet. I feel a lot better when I'm out of here. This yeah. shit box is gross. You choose your meats very carefully. Your meet and greets. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to wait 100,000 minutes to meet, like, Tim Curry at one of these things as much as I love him. Yeah. But, but in 30 but that, seconds uh, to have the fucking guy got killed in the outhouse on Friday 13th, part five's autograph, <laughs> that is... Not even Robot Dancer. Robot Dancer is another good one. Mm-hmm. That's probably yeah. your favorite scene. It's just so weird. Like, I remember being a kid, and when I saw that, movie i was like this dance is agitating me because it's not even like she's doing the traditional robot she just made up her own dance well i think that's sort of what's great about it <laughs> i know I, and I also you have to remember like the songs that they're dancing to is probably not the songs that we're hearing when they get to the final cut i know that it makes it so difficult to really embrace you know yeah, but that girl was so cool man yeah, she was awesome. I love that character. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's not a character. I was reading the, there's this great book on Friday the 13th. What's, what's it called? Crystal Lake Memories. Crystal Lake. Yeah. And she's got a bit in there. And basically, that was her at the time. She was sort of like this freaky girl mm -hmm. who did that kind of stuff. She saw the movie. She went to the premiere with her friend on acid. <laughs> That's a movie to see on acid. Oh, absolutely. Number five. Is everything all right, Don Chichi? Wonderful as usual. Just one more favor. It's nine o'clock. Put on Monday Night Raw. I never miss that show. I I can't do that, Don Chichi. You say no to me? <gasps> uh, I'm sorry. We we don't got a cable TV. <laughs> Luigi, quick, get the car. The new WWF generation. What a okay, it's what the family loves to watch. Where's the cheese? This entry is all about the new WWF generation. Oh, man. I knew it was coming. I don't know if I'm ready, but I knew it was coming. <laughs> so I say WWF because back in the period of time, which was around 1993 to 1997, they were still considered the WWF before they changed it to WWE. And this was a period of time that professional wrestling was kind of in an awkward period because Definitely some of the big stars. Awkward years, yeah. Yeah, some of the big stars like Hulk Hogan were jumping ship to WCW. And the whole WWF and Vince McMahon had to kind of shuffle things around so they were staying afloat. Right. Popular opinion would probably dictate that this is not a high point for the company. But for a person like me, 
it absolutely was because my entire life, especially growing up, I was into wrestling, Star Wars, Batman, and recording fake radio shows in my bedroom. It's kind of like what I do now, but back then I was still enough of a kid to enjoy the product like I was a kid, even right. though I was even though it was like super super cheesy at that point. I guess like you were sort of the target audience though. Exactly. Yeah. My take on the new generation era is sort of like someone took the opening credits to Saved by the Bell and made a wrestling promotion around them. <laughs> yes, that's good. Yeah. And we're only a year apart. I was yeah. not a big fan of this while it was happening. Right. Because it just seems so obviously kidified. Yes. But looking back on it now, I appreciate it much more because it was always interesting. It was interesting. And they definitely put a lot of time and effort into the characters, which I really liked. It was very character driven and very simplistic storylines. They were still running your basic feuds. It wasn't like, mm -hmm. you know, 15 different things. <laughs> I, would, I would say, I mean, that basic doesn't really sell it. There were feuds over this guy stole my leather jacket. We're going <laughs> to feud for eight months. <laughs> but Literally, like that was like a top fucking feud. Yeah, well, let's feud Undertaker versus Undertaker, the same guy. Oh, well, <laughs> don't don't besmirch Undertaker versus Undertaker. I, I, this I'm is not. what I'm saying. Like, the new generation maybe had its valleys, but it also had its peaks. I know a lot of people, like you said, maybe you weren't a huge fan at the time, but looking back, there was a lot of great stuff that happened. Uh, one of the things, though, that I think the main kind of the main gist of this is that the production values were a little bit different. Right. Oh, yeah. So let's just say Undertaker would come out. Right. They turn the lights out and they would follow him with like a purple spotlight. Yep. That never happened really before that. Everything was just like a clear light. They didn't turn the lights completely down. Right. They were getting like, a lot more theatrical. Yeah, yeah. So every, there was always these lights and lasers and all this kind of stuff that you didn't see before that, right? So my friends and I, we used to wrestle in the backyard. So we used to adopt these kind of uh, production values. So we would get these flashlights <laughs> and put the the colored plastic over them. <laughs> so so uh, this led us to do the most ridiculous thing ever, okay? During the new generation, they had an intro for one of the shows and it was called raw on the roof. Oh yeah. Yeah. They went on top of the WWE headquarters and they had a ring up there and they had a helicopter going around and they recorded the guys wrestling on top of the roof and, you know, they're doing their, their gimmicks and stuff. So my friend and I had the idea to recreate this on the roof of his shed that was attached to his house. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was at 1030 at night uh, in the dead of summer, and it was, like, super hot and disgusting. And here we are. We're recording this with his little brother, and we have the colored flashlights out. Of course, it's completely pitch dark, so these flashlights aren't doing much of anything. Right. <laughs> so we all – we realized there was only three of us, so we each had to, like, go and change into our next gear and then run back up. So wait, so I you was, each portrayed like multiple wrestlers? Yeah. So <laughs> I had to say, I was the stupid idiot who was obsessed with gold dust and I dressed up like gold dust with all the makeup and everything. Are you fucking but, kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. But little did I know that when it's blazing hot and humid in the summer, my sparkly gold face paint would just start <laughs> to like melt off my face. <laughs> oh. But I'll tell you, it was a whole lot of work to do that that night. But look at what the new WWF generation inspired us to do. Yeah. <laughs> because if my favorite guy was Mantar, I would be going on the roof with a giant Mantar mask. You would have half a fucking cow over your head. <laughs> Mantar. See, like, I'm appreciating the points you're raising here because I always think of the new generation in terms of Mantar. Yeah. And you're reminding me that it was also, like, Razor. Yeah. And and uh, Undertaker and... Uh, Jay on the roof in melting gold face paint while his friend flashes a gold yeah. light on him.
Six. There's only one man who can strike fear in the hearts of the mutants. Wanna be next? I don't think I like the odds. Only one man with the power to seize control of the tri-solar galaxy. Only the most powerful man in the universe can protect the people of Primus, no matter what it takes. They're coming for us. Then we won't disappoint them. Watch the new adventures of He-Man. Weekdays at 8.30 on Fox 29. My third pick is The New Adventures of He-Man. <laughs> yeah, too hot to handle, too cold to hold. <laughs> so as you know, this was the first of several attempts to revive the Masters of the Universe franchise. It was. It was, a, it was an attempt. Yeah, it was an attempt. New toys started to hit stores in 1989, and then in 1990 we got the new cartoon series. He-Man had been around since the early 80s, and then as the years went on, wasn't necessarily as huge. No, and literally, in this case, because they shrunk him down, something awful. <laughs> but I gotta be honest, I went into this thinking I was gonna be really sour about it, but the more I researched, the more I got like reacquainted with everything, I became a fan this week of The New Adventures of He-Man. I was one of those guys, Like I was such a He-Man snob. Nowadays, I'm very open to trying all these different variations of characters and whatnot. But back then, when you're a little kid and you only know classic He-Man, and this came out, it was tough to swallow. It was a bitter pill, I concede. And I think that's sort of what killed it, because I don't think it's the quality of the toys or the tune that give it a bad rap. I think it's sort of like these preconceptions that we had about what He-Man should be. We sound like such geeks, Jay. Well, I'm going to get even geekier because mm -hmm. the way you're describing this is exactly like New Coke and Coke 2. Yeah, you, you know, know what? At my, on my prep notes, I basically just copy-pasted <laughs> the New Coke and just changed Coke to He-Man. You're like, classic He-Man. It's like Coca-Cola classic. <laughs> and then, and there then was you take that too. away and the New Adventures is like New Coke. Yeah. He-Man Roman numeral 2 is the best <laughs> thing I've ever heard. <laughs> No, I just remember thinking, like, what? what is this? It's not, it doesn't seem like He-Man at all. No, in fact, when you watch the cartoon, it becomes apparent after a few episodes that it's almost like He-Man and Skeletor are kind of like shoehorned in. Like, they had this complete story that they wanted to tell them, like, ah, we could use He-Man. <laughs> so, for those who have never experienced the show, He-Man ends up in the distant future to help save a random alien planet that's under attack by space mutants. <laughs> Ugh, and why? Like, I mean, I, they kind of give it a reason why he's there, but it, it's, it's weird. Um, yeah. Skeletor is there, too, in the future on this random alien planet, and he teams up with those mutants. And this show went on for 65 episodes. I know. Which is insane. Like, I don't, I, I barely remember it being on television when I was that age. I just remember it being on like really weird and random times, but I don't think it really showed up that long. Did on, they give it like that 7 a.m. death slot on weekdays? I love I've, when they like the local channels used to do those tune promos for the 7 a.m. slot. Like, yeah. any kid really has time to fucking watch cartoons before school. Well, I did, because I used to watch Defenders of the Earth, and I was like, this is the best. <sighs> just me, my cereal, and Defenders of the Earth. <laughs> As but usual, no, you're the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> but I just remember by 89, we're in TMNT, Batman. No, uh, that, that was, I think that is absolutely what killed it, because this was absolutely in the Ninja Turtles white hot period. And like you said, Batman was up there, too. And even, like, uh, remodeled for the 90s He-Man still seemed pretty, like, backwards compared to them. He wasn't yeah, just, as hip. Yeah, I just think it's one of those things, though, when you change it to the extent that they did, it doesn't look like He-Man anymore. It's almost like this is just a completely different thing. You could just come up with a new character and repackage it as something else. Right, that's what I'm saying. It almost yeah. feels like that's what – they feel very shoehorned in because they're not – themselves at all like he-man has short hair and he's like much thinner his right. personality isn't quite as like i don't know basic i guess yeah they were just trying to capitalize on the name yeah and then skeletor those big fucking <laughs> horse teeth 
Yeah, he didn't have the personality that our old Skeletor had. No, but see, see, when you're watching, first of all, the reason I like the show is mostly Skeletor. And the yeah. reason is, when you're watching it, like the first few episodes, it, he takes a lot of getting used to. Because yeah. it's so different. Right. But then you realize, and this is something I've backed up because it's, it's online and this is what the voice actor was going for. He's basically doing like the Joker. Is that what it was? It was, yeah, it was sort of based on the Joker. Not completely, but it's like even like everything from his inflections to his mannerisms is very Joker-esque. Something tells me you want to take over that planet down there. Come on now, I'm right, aren't I? Sure, we want to crush Primus. Shut up, Flushhead. I want He-Man. Same way you want that planet crushed. Of course, I settle for mangled or mutilated. The main thing I remember that sticks out vividly in my head about New Adventures of He-Man is that uh, in KB Toy Store, which I know that you know very well, mm -hmm. on the side wall, they used to have a lot of discounted stuff. That was always like the discount wall, you oh, know? I love their their clearance sales are legendary, Jay. Yeah, and I remember New Adventures of He-Man stuff it went from the back end cap of one of the aisles. Like you had to walk all the way to the back to the end cap. And then once it spent like a very short amount of time there, it went right to the clearance section and it was never not in the clearance section. Yeah. That's the man. I love that about KB. They just leave that stuff out forever. Yes. Like there was those new adventures of He-Man figures were probably there when they closed in 2000s. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, one was definitely stuck underneath oh, one absolutely. of the uh, displays. <laughs> uh, I, I actually really liked the toys. Mm -hmm. I thought they were cool, and they weren't quite like any other action figure line we had seen. Like, the scale was a little... It was almost like real Ghostbusters mixed with the 2002 He-Man figures. Yeah, so definitely a little bit of that. Right, but absolutely. like you said, they were not huge sellers. Like, they... I mean, that's why I guess this didn't really take off because the toys weren't moving. It was less interesting in a way because, like, I'll give you an example. Before I really was f super familiar with the show, mm -hmm. I used to go to my friend's house. He always had this yellow sword. I didn't know where it was from officially, but he kept saying it was from He-Man. I'm like, dude, this is not from the He-Man that I know. And then I realized it was from the new adventures of He-Man. Yeah, and for you to have fallen so far from He-Man's grace <laughs> says a lot about how popular the show wasn't. Exactly. Like, this is not He-Man. This is not my He-Man. Yeah. <laughs> the new He-Man power sword. Cool. It makes sounds. Skeletor. <laughs> The power sword makes eight action sounds. It lights up with power. You can be a hero with the He-Man power sword. Number seven. Listen up, everybody, if you want to take a chance. Matt, on New Year's Eve, I was up in the hotel room while you were gambling. Mm -hmm. And I was doing the New Kids dance to the TV, New Year's Rock and Eve, because New Kids on the Block were on stage performing. I heard all about it, Jay. To ring in the new year. <laughs> I have, I'm still hearing about it at least twice a day. <laughs> so my entry here is the New Kids on the Block. Of course it is. Very you to bring up NKOTV on the Purple Stuff podcast. They were a phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, like for me in my school, the boys basically weren't allowed to like them. Like we were only allowed to like Paula Abdul. Oh, yeah. I wasn't allowed to like these guys either, but I did it anyway. <laughs> well, so I always presumed that a bunch of the kids really did love them. And they were just right. like, you know, fronting at school. If you were a guy, you, like we talked about on the show, you weren't allowed to like She-Ra or Rainbow Bright or any of these things. But I'm like, who cares? Like, yeah, no, it, it was so fucking dumb. Like, I'm so yeah. glad that's over with. But it is the way we kind of grew up. 
Exactly. So this was a band that I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to claim that I was a fan, but I would never deny it. Yeah. <laughs> but nowadays, as time has gone by, it becomes more like kind of like a nostalgic type thing because you see the influence that they had on the other boy bands like the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. And on, on, on certain podcast hosts as well. <laughs> I respect their success. Yeah. So my sister had this concert videotape that they had where they had all their music videos on it too. And she used to watch that all the time. At first, I totally rejected this completely. Like yeah. this was this was the worst thing possible. And then I'd hear her sing into each song and I'm like, wanted to throw up when Please Don't Go Girl was on. And I'm like, oh God, I hate this. But yeah. then each time she played it, I was one further step sitting on the steps like each time getting closer and closer and then then the next couple of times i'm like sitting on the couch watching it and then the next time i'm like <laughs> I'm dancing, you know <laughs> it slowly chipped away at you yeah so you had no choice like all right this is not that bad <laughs> yeah you're like one of those like uh business women in a music video who slowly <laughs> taps her toes <laughs> exactly so all the guys in the band had their own personalities, and then they had a cartoon show, comic books, trading cards. They had uh, they had paper. great big buttons at Spencer's. Yeah, you remember those? Yeah, merch. Mm -hmm. They had a pay per view concert. They had a tour sponsored by Coke, and the one that you would love yeah. the most, I think, is they had a New Kids on the Block hotline. Oh my god, they did. This was the era when everything, everything, fucking Heathcliff had a hotline. So naturally, the new kids were going to get on that train. Yeah, new kids on the phone. <laughs> hey, new kids on the phone. Uh, you hanged up with us 24 hours a day on our brand new hotline. Just pick up your phone and call us on 1-900-9095-KID. You got songs like Hanging Tough, The Right Stuff. They're just great songs that I may or may not have on my car playlist oh you absolutely do it's like one two three and five please and i have to admit like as much as i rebelled against them because i thought i was supposed to when i was a little kid when i hear the songs now i'm like mm, pretty much everything i'm hearing is good yeah <laughs> yeah like you're not turning it off no <laughs> these boys have energy i'm i'm rocking my head back and forth and it's making the minutes pass a little bit faster <laughs> They had been reunited in 2008, so they've been back together for about 10 years, still doing concerts and music and all that stuff. And they did an episode of Fuller House. Really? Netflix, yeah. That's so it's funny. like a total nostalgia trip at this point, but they still do the exact same thing. So I'm cool with it. Right, well, look, that's what people are paying them to do. So good for them. I also like that they all managed to still work together. Like, obviously, they must actually like each other. Yeah, they're not like at each other's throats all the time. Right. Number eight. We told you the rules. Remember the first one? You can't get them wet. Don't let them uh, eat after midnight. What, what if they're eating in an airplane? And they cross the time zone. I mean, it's always midnight somewhere. <laughs> you didn't listen. Now, was that civilized? No, clearly not. <laughs> Gremlins 2, the new batch. Rockin' your way this summer. Rated PG-13. Start Friday, June 15th at a theater near you. So, Jay, I hate repeating myself on our show, but there's no way I couldn't bring this one up. Gremlins 2, the new batch. Yes. Yeah. I we, mean, yeah, you can't not put that on the show. You tell me we're doing a new show. I tell you I'm covering the new batch. That's how it works. That's just, yeah, it's just how it goes. And I'm totally cool with it. Yeah. Of course, we covered this movie back during our tribute to 1990, but it's literally my favorite movie of all time. And totally valid. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so weird to me that we live in a society now where everybody appreciates Gremlins 2. Yeah, it's hard not to love. Yeah, yet back then it was like my own little private thing that I would never share with anybody. Because it's not like the kids at school were talking about gremlins. <laughs> I can't imagine that any of our listeners haven't seen it, so I'm not going to do a big rundown of what happens in the film. 
which is convenient because like 10 million things happen in that film and we'd be here forever. Yeah, <laughs> so much goes on. Yeah, so I'll just say that when I think back to the summer of 1990, when I was seeing those Gremlins 2 TV spots, I don't know if I've ever been as excited for anything as I was for that movie. Yeah, there were some good TV spots and I remember seeing the trailer in the movies too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Nobody really by that point certainly expected a Gremlins sequel at all. So, yeah, it was several years later. Several years later. It's not like Gremlins was this frequently brought up thing. Right, So exactly. to get yeah, a sequel started... that has like a billion Gremlins that are like fucking half bats and half spiders and <laughs> Gizmo dresses like Rambo and you got a fucking horror host running around in a subplot about becoming a respected journalist. Like it's been 30 years. I still can't get over the fact that this happened. <laughs> it is it is whacked out but in the best way possible yeah you and i were like we're pretty close in age what was your situation when this movie was about to come out were you excited or was it just kind of like eh, i'll see it no we we i remember me and my sister we were super excited because we loved gremlins i mean it definitely wasn't exactly what you were expecting because how could it have been? Like, you would not have expected no, any of the no, stuff to happen. Nobody <laughs> expected. Like, uh, it is the most movie of any movie. <laughs> so some of the early rumors was that the Gremlins were going to either be on Mars or in Vegas. Oh, is that when, so? Yeah, before the movie came out. Like, before it ever even went into production yeah, so i'm so, glad neither of those things happened. yeah gremlins and vegas i mean gremlins and vegas has potential but nothing could be better than sticking them in a office building slash shopping mall slash oh, tv wow. set slash cooking center it was the way to do it because not only did you get that claustrophobic feeling that everyone's stuck in this building with these critters but also the fact that like you said it was almost like a mall and a food court and all that rolled into one. So you got that vibe. It was almost like being in Dawn of the Dead where they're in a mall. Absolutely same vibe. Only it's even better because instead of like four guys kind of enjoying the mall, it's like 2,000 gremlins enjoying this building. <laughs> yeah, they're like popping out of yeah. uh, They're popping out of toppings at a frozen yogurt place, oh, you know? Oh, fucking great. Oh, oh my yes. God. Are the peanut butter cups all natural? <laughs> Do they not have pesticides? <laughs> Like, I can't believe that this movie took flack back then. And I, it did. It was, I don't think it was, like, incredibly well-received. Man, was it before its time, though. One of the things that you, you really do get to see, they have Spencers in the background. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do they really? Yeah, I don't they, know. I mean, I must have known that, but I forgot. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of stuff around. Uh, even at Billy's Cubicle, he has a Batman in the Outsiders comic book. Yes. There's so many cool things around that movie that it's just unbelievable. And one thing I noticed, though, in the scene where they're in the lab and they're drinking these chemicals out of the right. tubes... So they're drinking all these colored chemicals, and then they seem like they're almost getting drunk. So they drink chemicals, uh, then they snack a lot, and then they make a mess. So I'm, it's almost like I realize that's why you love this movie, because you're a fucking gremlin. Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> you're, you know, and it's funny because I never look at these gremlins as villains in this movie. I'm just like, they're just doing their shit. Just give them the fucking building. That's your brethren. Yeah. Yeah. Drinking red bubbling liquid. Yeah. Oh, Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. potato chips. <laughs> snack and then make a giant mess everywhere. <laughs> and then go yeah. to the next room and do it all over again. <laughs> You're absolutely fucking right. I mean, I'm ashamed to admit it, but like the gremlins in this movie and me are essentially the same thing. Yeah, it's it's so eerie. And I'm surprised you didn't make that connection. Well, you know, I, no one likes to see the truth in themselves. I mean, I could tell you a few things that keep you up at night. Yeah, I'm sure you can. <laughs> now I got to live with the fact that I'm basically the Gremlins from Gremlins 2. That's a great thing. Yeah, when people think of me, their minds go to drinking and making messes. <laughs> they're so much scarier in this one. Well, I, I don't know except that. For the, I, except for when they're bumbling buffoons. I, I would agree that some of them are scarier, like the bat is and the spider gremlin obviously is most of them are kind of like clowny and pleasant but yeah when they uh when they go hard they go hard 
<laughs> but like, so the scene where Clamp has the the gremlin in the paper shredder. Oh, ooh. oh, I, okay. So I realized that is a great opportunity for someone to make a uh, guacamole. That's inspired by this movie, Gremlin Guac. Oh, Christ. Thank you so much. Now I'm never going to not think of the fucking shredded gremlin whenever I have guacamole. And because I'm on my freaking... Ugh, and I'm on this diet. Avocado is like one of the three foods I'm allowed to eat. You fucking motherfucker. No one's ever going to want to eat guacamole because they think it's shredded gremlins. Oh, God. It's so... It really does look exactly like... And not just any guac. Good guac. That's the worst part. It's like I can still have this shitty lime green fucking baby vomit guac. But if I want the good shit, I have to think of this gremlin now. Ah, so was that the show? Yes, we trimmed our list to eight total tonight because we are tired. I don't think it's that. I think it's just like you and I are, we will go on forever. Right, well, we knew we had some thick, thick (laughs) entries in here. Like that fucking New Kids movie. Honestly, we could have done a show on that alone. Yeah, I mean, we could have talked about the new WWF generation for six hours. Yeah, I I mean, mean, you know how much it killed me to just gloss over Mantar? Like, I hear you bring them up, and I'm like, uh, 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 you're already on to your next subject. <laughs> yeah, we got to keep some sort of pace. Otherwise, people are going to zonk out. Yeah, I'm with you. But I think we have a good list here tonight. We do have a good list tonight, and let's run through them. All right. So uh, you pick for mine tonight. Let's do it. I got uh, I got you down here for New Coke. New Coke. Gremlins 2, the new batch. We have Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. Mm-hmm. And The New Adventures of He-Man. Wow. Hmm. That is... Yeah, I mean, honestly, you have a list that I'm very envious of because I would have chose easily chosen any of these to be on my list as well. Yeah, I love... Because like, when you pitch this show, I'm like, all right, here's my four right now. <laughs> <laughs> Claimed. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're gonna we're really gonna narrow it down to Gremlins to the new batch and Friday the thirteenth part five and easily the winner is Gremlins to the new batch. Wow, God, see that's the obvious pick, I think, and that's the right pick. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much, like you said, there's so much in the movie. It's nonstop illusions, references, cameos. Uh, it's this frantic kind of movie. It's amazing. It is like they made a movie and they just kept adding new movies to it until it was like 500 movies all in one movie. <laughs> and there's still gremlins in every scene. Gremlins and there's, yeah, the jokes and uh, oh, 15, Lee at and least Hulk 15 Hogan. characters, at least 15 human <laughs> characters. And each one of them has his or her own plot. Not only that, but you have the Warner Brothers. You got Porky Pig and Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny. It's just like, what? Yes. On top of everything else, you get a Warner Brothers short. It's just amazing. Not only that, but you have the break-in scene where uh, when you're watching the film, then they do a separate one if you get the DVD or the... VHS, right. So they have Hulk Hogan if you see it in theaters. They have John Wayne, among other things, if you get it on VHS. VHS, And then did you hear that the fucking novelization has the gremlins breaking into the book? Yeah, and the, the author murders one of them with an axe. Oh, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's... <laughs> All right, well, what do you think about my list? All right, so you had the new Scooby-Doo movies, the new (laughs) Kids on the Block, WWF's new generation, and (laughs) uh, Aunt Becky starring in the new Kids. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to eliminate Scooby-Doo. Okay. Saw that coming. I'm going to eliminate the new Kids on the Block. Saw that coming. (laughs) Um... So we have the new generation and the new kids. Yeah. <sighs> Pretty tough, right? It is. But, man, I'm going with the new kids. I knew it. I knew it. And new. 
I knew you were going to pick the new kids. Yeah, it's you know, it's a risky pick because honestly, I don't know that this movie's okay. Like this is a bad movie. The stuff they do in this movie is not cool. No, it's but, not it's no, do not condone it. Yeah, yeah, I do not condone or am, you know, kind of gleeful about anything that happens in this movie, but it's a very effective kind of scary movie. Like it's a threatening movie. It's more in the vein of the the movies from the 70s where you look at Last House on the Left and things like that. What I love about it is that it's setting up itself to be just another kind of kids in the 80s, kind of like coming of age movie. Like they have right. this like montage with Tom Atkins, and like they're jogging with their dad in the top and it's all very <laughs> pleasant. Yeah, they and, start out the movie with a training montage, right. like a classic it, it, training montage. I don't know that I give them credit enough to say that it was an intentional kind of like fake out but it definitely plays out that way now yeah it does and then when it turns it is just non-stop badness it's uh pushing into new areas new! that <laughs> you didn't expect <laughs> but man it's, so. a, it's effective you know it's funny uh sean cunningham like you said friday 13th guy he directed it mm-hmm. he made a much scarier movie here he really did yeah so, I mean, if people hadn't seen it, yeah, I definitely uh, recommend checking it out. I mean, it may not blow your mind, but it was definitely worth a watch. I kind of got almost like a hmm, slight wraithy vibe from this, and you recommended the wraith to me. Right, without, it just doesn't have a cool car. Yeah, no cool car, no no magical monster powers, but the same kind of like, hmm, this weird cheesy movie is very serious and upsetting in many ways. <laughs> yeah, it is. The things that happen in it will make you cringe. Yes. So that is a good way to end. So yeah, <laughs> what a, what, a, what an upbeat ending. <laughs> so we uh, we ending we have a double feature at our theater: Gremlins Two and The New Kids. That's a hell of a double feature for 2019. We'll be serving new Coke, and you'll be seated next to Doink the Clown. <laughs> I think this is a great way to kick off the year. It's good to be continuing the show, Jay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, having a great time here on the Purple Stuff Podcast. No more holidays to use as a crutch. We have to come up with these goofy subjects like yes. you. <sighs> Screw the holidays, man. I'm all about uh, the April and 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 may living in the present but thanks for everybody listening and just reminding you that we do have a patreon patreon.com slash purple stuff and you can check that out and we have our exclusive patreon show for the patrons for the patronies yes we have an exclusive (laughs) show going up once every month on patreon yes absolutely so thanks for listening to the purple stuff podcast i'm jay from the sexy armpit and i am matt from dinosaur dracula we'll see you next time Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast. Sleep, sleep.